What's up, everybody? I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. Get ready for a power-packed edition of the Sports Card Strategy Show, deep dive style. I can't wait to see what Connor is cooking up for us. It's going to be something along the lines of portfolio building, how to allocate across sports and players properly. Invest or fade is a favorite segment that's coming back at you today. 1K Budget Builder, that's another favorite segment that's coming back to you today. Why you should list your Rose Jean cards in seven-day auctions tonight. Audience QA and more on this episode of the Sports Card Strategy Show. Let's go. What's up, everybody? I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. This is the Sports Card Strategy Show brought to you by Graybo's Sports Cards. Graybo's Sports Cards is a local hobby shop owned by Gray Burnett, Ryan Fitz, and Duke Denny One-Time Dodson. They're located in the Arts District of Richmond, Virginia. Graybo's sports the best selection of raw and graded singles in the Mid-Atlantic and a wide variety of wax. Graybo's breaks on whatnot and or drip five nights a week. Listeners of Sports Card Strategy can receive a 10% discount from Graybo's on drip, whatnot, or their website at graybo's.co by entering the code STRATEGY2023. You can follow all of Graybo's news and updates on Instagram at graybo's underscore cards. Don't forget to get a free 30-day trial at nooffseason.com today to help you make money flipping sports cards, build your sports card investment portfolio, get unlimited advice from our experts, and take sports card school to navigate the hobby. That's nooffseason.com. Get your free 30-day trial today. All the data we use on the Sports Card Strategy Show is from MarketMoversApp.com. Use code NOOFFSEASON at MarketMoversApp.com to get 20% off for life after a free 14-day trial. All right, let's get to the Sports Card Strategy. What's up, everyone? Connor Barnett here, head of content at NoOffSeason.com. Happy Wednesday. We are halfway through the week. That means it's time for another rendition of the Sports Card Strategy Show. Paul already brought it super strong on Monday with a fantastic episode that I was uh, tuned in for every second of. So I'm excited to try to build on that today with a little deep dive styled episode of the Sports Card Strategy Show. Paul Hickey, how we doing? I'm great, Connor. Good to see you, man. Good to have you on this Wednesday deep dive edition. And uh, shout out to the fam. The nooffseason.com fam has been bringing it strong. For those of you who are new to the fam, that just means our entire audience. You are part of the family here, and I'm ready to go today. I love it. Yeah, it looks like the live chat is already popping off. So everyone, thank you for being here. Welcome to the nooffseason.com family and the sports card strategy show. We're here to help you make money flipping sports cards and build a collection that increases in value. You want to know how to buy the right card for the right player at the right time, and we are here to help you. Got some good segments for today, like Paul mentioned. Uh, the 1K Budget Builder is going to be back, but before we do that, we're going to talk about some little portfolio building, how to allocate across sports and players properly. An investor fade segment where I pit two cards together against each other, I should say, and Paul's got to pick one or the other. We got a little sell alert coming your way. Paul's just locked in for it. Then we're going to round things off with the audience Q&A. So before we hop into everything there, let's hit on some live chat love. We got our guy Luke M in the chat. We got Fern, Cleo Cards, Gabe D., 
Our guy Chase Krim, thanks for being here. Chase, Eric B, Card Snatcher, One Galaxy Germ, Shane Bode, uh, Brad S. Let's get rolling here, Paul. I'm excited. Um, remember to ask your questions in the live chat along with your L's and W's, and we will answer slash shout you out at the end of the show. Uh, if you do like the content we're putting out on a daily slash weekly basis, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. It helps us out more than you know there. And of course, join the Discord at sportscardstrategy.com to participate in the ongoing conversations uh, on that platform as well. Before we kick things off, special thanks to our NoOffSeason.com network partner, CGC Cards. Check out NoOffSeason.com and click on the banner ad for CGC Cards and get more details on their great grading service for PC protection starting at $12. This supports us, this supports CGC Cards, and of course, uh, please let or please know that Paul and I are grading our cards for flipping purposes with PSA, but considering sending some of our lower dollar cards to CGC to try out their experience for ourselves. CGC cards, are you ready to start grading your cards? CGC cards is the perfect place to slab your favorite football cards from their crystal clear holders to their affordable pricing. CGC cards is the perfect stop for your grading needs. Go to cgccards.com to start grading today. Of course, we do have Sports Card School live for premium members, as well as buying individual lessons. Uh, Sports Card School is a safe place for noobs, advanced flippers, and high rollers alike. To learn how to navigate the hobby and ultimately build a collection that increases in value, go to sportscardschool.com today. And of course, if you have not signed up for our premium membership or the trial, get a free 30-day trial at nooffseason.com today to start learning our guidelines, strategies, and plays to help you make money Flipping sports cars to fund your PC and other things in your life. All right, that was a mouthful for me. We're going to kick things over to Paul Hickey. Now he's got some shouts to give to the audience and a couple things to touch on before we dive into these segments. Go ahead, Paul. Great job with all the promos, Connor. Great job with the promos. Absolutely slaughtering it. Broke out of the lab. We got a lot of phenomenal action in the live chat right now. Some new names, Eric Bergerud. Uh, Chase Krim in the house, Gabe Davis. I know you said hi to some of these guys already. I just wanted to say hi. One Galaxy Germ. Best three hosts in the game, Connor Paul and Connor's Mustache. I agree. Bro Dog, what's up? David Lara in the house. Bro Dog, thank you for the welcome package. You are welcome, Bro Dog. That is the premium pack that Bro Dog got after renewing his free 30-day trial. We appreciate him being a paid mem member. And of course, um, he's going to be getting, he's in one of our breaks, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Um, so speaking of our phenomenal audience, yeah, I wanted to give a couple shout outs here. Matt Esterman, for those of you who don't remember or are new to the show, Matt Esterman is my guy who followed my advice on, on the Shadur Sanders Onyx card a couple of years ago. And he made several thousand dollars flipping the Shadur Sanders Onyx cards, one of the one of the great case studies in our nooffseason.com family. And he DM'd me on Instagram at Sports Card Strategy the other day and said, dude, I listened to the NBA Prism basketball episode on Saturday at the gym. You mentioned Walmart.com had blasters, so I went online and bought one. Got in the mail today, got home, ripped it, hit Wemby Silver Cracked Ice OMG, super clean sending to PSA. He says, I also echo you that this is no more a sports card strategy as going to the casino as your retirement savings plan. <laughs> Keep up the great content. So Matt, good work on the rip. You made a hit out of a, out of a blaster from Walmart. That's awesome. And speaking of NBA Prism, 
on one of our recent episodes, I announced that members only would have a chance to win a spot in a break of 2023-2024 Panini Prism hobby boxes. And guess what, everybody? I, I did you a favor. I set an alarm. I put it on my calendar at PaniniAmerica.net. And right at 10 a.m. Central Time, I got us a hobby box for that break, everyone. So stay tuned to the Overflow Show. This Friday, I will be announcing the winners and the teams on the Overflow Show. And that's already out of stock. That is already out of stock at PaniniAmerica.net. So if you pre-ordered through a distributor, you might be able to get that. I'm sure you can get it on eBay, but I got it directly from PaniniAmerica.net for us, Hobby Box, the fam. Winners and teams announced on this Friday's Overflow show. Also wanted to give a quick shout out to Brad Smith. Brad Smith DM'd me on Instagram at Sports Card Strategy. Said, unloaded a Caleb Williams refractor PSA 10 last night for $150. The dude tried to lowball me, but I stuck to my guns and he came back for $150. Had about $35 into it and it's my highest sale amount yet trying to get into higher value upside cards so really pumped for brad smith really pumped for all of you out there who are following our guidelines strategies and plays and making money flipping sports cards so connor back to you i know you got a good question of the day today it's pinned on our instagram account at sports card strategy so we would love it if you guys drop a comment below at youtube.com slash paul hickey and go to instagram find the pinned post and comment on the question of the day, Connor. But what what is the question of the day? Question of the day is how do you ensure your sports card portfolio is diversified uh, and mitigating risk? We want to make sure you guys answer this in a comment below at YouTube.com/slash Paul Hickey or on Instagram in our pin post, as Paul mentioned at Sports Card Strategy. Leave those comments there, um, and please do subscribe. We are about to hit 4K YouTube subscribers right on the edge, right there. So. A subscription there would definitely help us out. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so how do you ensure your sports card portfolio is diversified? That's going to be the theme of the show today. How can you properly diversify your portfolio to ensure you aren't too heavily reliant on one sport slash player slash card? Um, and for layman's terms, for those of you that are like have heard the trigger word of diversification, mitigating risk, I think a good way to look at it essentially is that you have a certain amount of funds you want to put in on a monthly basis to sports cards. Uh, so you'd use like a simple budget building framework so that like if you guys have heard of the 50, 30, 20 rule being 50 percent of your income goes to needs, 30 percent goes to wants, 20 percent goes to savings. Um, I was kind of breaking this down, looking at how I'd want to diversify my portfolio as I continue to build it. And I was thinking if we could if we could kind of correlate the needs, wants and savings to goats, heroes, flyers, depending on how much risk they have. You know, how does this relate to sports cars for us? What are our needs? Are they risk free plays? Are they heroes? Are they flyers? Are they goats? Paul, I'm excited to hear your guidelines for how you balance your portfolio. I know you've got some interesting allocations right now, uh, some confident ones, and I'm excited to hear why you have things, how you do, and what guidelines and framework you follow to make sure that your portfolio is in a good spot in terms of diversification. Yeah, man, let's get into this. I think this is a good topic. I think Goats, Heroes, and Flyers is something we've talked a lot about at Sports Card Strategy Show and at NoOffSeason.com. But it can be a little bit confusing because I think to me, Goats, Heroes, and Flyers don't necessarily apply as much to making plays for flipping as they do for longer-term investing. So I'm going to kind of break down my thoughts on this. I would say 
related to how you want to allocate your portfolio. And we're actually going to share my exact portfolio here with everybody in a second. Um, it depends on your goals. So I would ask you, are you flipping to fund a PC or are you flipping to take cash out of sports cards and fund other aspects of your life? Also, how quickly do you need your cash back out of cards if it's the latter, right? So let me break this down. If you're PCing or you're not needing cash back in the next one to five years, I think buying goats can make sense in that context. And even buying retired players and vintage can make sense. These can be considered investments. They can actually beat some of the more conservative mutual funds out there and even some of the more aggressive mutual funds out there if you're into more traditional investing, which I'm really not, to be honest with you. Like I don't equate, I'm not one of the people that equates traditional investing with sports card investing or sports card flipping. But I know that there are a lot of great people out there that do. And to me, I don't think that they're flippers. I, I think it's totally different. So I think that if you're flipping to take cash out of sports cards and fund other aspects of your life, and you're needing that cash back out within three to six to even 12 months, I don't think goats make any sense at all. And I don't think vintage, vintage makes any sense at all. Unless, of course, you, you, you're at a card show or you're doing deals one-on-one -on -one with somebody, maybe off of eBay, you know, outside of eBay or offline, then I think you can pick up a goat, you can pick up vintage if you get a great deal on it and you can still quick flip that. But I think those are opportunities are few and far between. They're more like dollar box or value box opportunities than they are opportunities that we talk about on this show and at nooffseason.com. On this show and at nooffseason.com, we're more geared around at-scale transactions online on eBay and other online marketplaces to buy and sell in a, in a flipping three to six to nine to eight, maybe even 12-month window. I would say 18-month window at the longest, at the very, very longest. So I think you could go either way and you could even... You could even diversify and do both if you wanted to. If you wanted to break up and say, look, I want a certain portion of my sports card purchases to be more investments, and I want another portion to be more quick flips, and I want a quick flip to fund the investments or to fund the PC. I think a lot of people do that, and that's great. Anything's allowed. So I really think this is an interesting discussion, and I actually want to know from you guys what you what you all are doing. What are your goals? I want you to think about that. So again, Connor asked a great question. In the question of the day, we want you to answer it on Instagram at Sports Card Strategy or drop a comment below. Think about it. Let us know and we'll reply back and we want to have a conversation about it. Or if you want to go into the Discord and talk about it, that's fine too. But again, I think that flipping and investing are totally different. I think if you're flipping, you're not looking at goats, heroes, and flyers. You're looking at buying the right card for the right player at the right time. And as long as you have a selling marker in mind, you can make money if you're buying the right card for the right player at the right time. So I think my portfolio reflects the flipping aspect because that's what I tend to talk about the most. That's what I tend to practice the most in real life. Connor, before we give people a look at my portfolio and we explain it to those listening on the podcast apps, do you have any thoughts or questions on the, the difference between why you would go Goats, Heroes, and Flyers or why you would basically just fade Goats, Heroes, and Flyers? 
Yeah, I think you're I think your perspective is a great way to simplify things, right? It makes it to where you only have to focus on cash flow needs and when the sell marker is essentially rather than worrying about exactly who you're holding at the right time. And I think your portfolio is a great example of why this works so much, because I think our audience is going to be kind of surprised to see how heavily you're into certain players or plays that we're making right now. So um, I think at the end of the day, what our process, our guidelines, our strategies do is simplify everything for the flipper, right? Because you have several key things you're keeping an eye on and then everything else. It's all about the process, right? We talk about that a lot when we're trying to grow the business, make changes to the business, improve value for uh, the listeners and the premium members. Um, and I think that's what we're doing here. So go ahead and hop into your portfolio, what it's looking like uh, and why you're so confident and how and how it's laid out right now. Like Luke Menchel and Gabe Davis, I am trying to PC $100 bills, stacks of them, and build a $100 bill for it. Actually, specifically, guys, <laughs> what I'm trying to do is, if you ever watch DuckTales, I am trying to build a swimming pool of $100 bills like Uncle Scrooge, and I'm trying to jump in it every day of my life. So let's jump into my portfolio. And... Connor, I know you're excited to talk about this. So am I. This is actually what you're what you're seeing on your screen here. And for those of you listening on the podcast apps, you might want to go check this out at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey because it's pretty badass, right, Connor? What we're looking at here is what the one-on-one -on -one strategist package people get as part of their engagement with us. And again, spots are filling up quickly. Spots are already filling up for March, for April, for May. There's a there's there's not literally a waiting list, but there's people that want to sign up in those months and are waiting to. And there's only five spots per month. So email me at paul at nooffseason.com. I'll get you more in, information on how to sign up so that you can get a badass dashboard like this. But what you're looking at at the top here is buying opportunities. So we're going to kind of bypass this because we don't want this to be literally just a commercial for the one-on-one -on -one strategist package. But at the top, you get buying opportunities. So you click on any of these players and then you get recommendations on cards from us, from myself and Connor on the best opportunities on a daily basis to buy those cards. Then what you get here is a breakdown of your portfolio and inventory. So what we do at nooffseason.com for the one-on-one -on -one strategist package subscribers is we give them an entire look at their inventory. So cards that they buy based on our recommendations are listed down here in an inventory format. So what you can what you can see here, and for those of you listening, the viewers are just looking at a list one by one of all the cards that I own in alphabetical order. And then I like to sort it by sell by date because this is like a sell marker. So sorting this by sell by date, I can see, okay, well, I need to get my Caleb Williams is ready. I've got, uh, looks like around 10 Caleb Williams cards. I've got four Drake May. I've got a lot of Jackson Churio, Jackson Holiday. Um, the sell by date on these is April. I've got, we'll talk about Rose Zhang in here. I've got Marvin Harrison Jr., James Wood, John Rom, Scotty Scheffler, some Shohei Otani. So you get a listing of it. But then when you want to, when you want to just break down and see how much, of your portfolio is allocated from a dollar standpoint by player, you get this pie chart here. So for those of you listening, what we're showing here is the number one player that I've got invested in, almost 25%, 24.7% of my portfolio is allocated to Shadur Sanders. And if you're familiar with the Sports Card Strategy Show, 
that should surprise no one. Now, if you want to look at how much money you have invested in each player, I've got $5,586 invested in Shadur Sanders. Uh, the next most invested in a player, 9.3% of my portfolio is in Arch Manning. So how much do I have invested in Arch Manning cards? Uh, 2.1K. Caleb Williams is next, 2.5K. After that, Jackson Holiday, 1.937K. So I'm pretty well diversified among quick flips. Um, looking at this pie chart, I'm invested in, I mean, let's just say real quick, 15, 18, 21, 24, 28. I'm invested in about 30 different players. So my money spread out between 30 different players, Bronny James, Shohei Otani, Marvin Harrison Jr., Drake May, Jackson Holiday, Jackson Churio, James Wood. I've got one John Rahm, one Scotty Scheffler, one Rose Zhang, one Tiger Woods, so they barely count, but they still count. Caleb Williams, Anthony Edwards, Killian Mbappe, Elijah Green, Brooks Lee, Spencer Jones, Drew Jones, Anthony Richardson, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, Tua, Jackson Arnold, Trey Lance, Drake London, Arch Manning, Darius Garland, Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter. Now, these do not include cards that are currently at PSA. I've got about 50 cards currently at PSA. I'll tell you, I've got some Riley Leonard's at PSA. Uh, I've got some other players that don't appear in this portfolio and inventory breakdown, but they will be included as soon as I get them back from PSA because then I'm going to know the grade. I'll know uh, the exact total purchase price. So in terms of, you know, a lot of people ask us like, do you keep track of this in a spreadsheet? How do you keep track of this? Well, this is how we keep track of this, much like logging into your 401k account. This is what this looks like at nooffseason.com when you're a one-on-one -on -one strategist package member. You get this true portfolio management breakdown. And then the other thing you get is when you want to buy or sell a card, you just let us know. You let us know, I bought a card here or I sold a card here. And it pretty much automatically updates it for you, not in real time, but within the next 24 hours, it's going to update your portfolio allocation, the amount you have invested in each player. And what I don't have here yet, Connor, because I wanted a clean looking dashboard for today's show, is I, I'm only showing you the cards that, I, that I'm holding. I'm, I haven't, none of this are cards that I've sold yet. So what I'm going to do though is when these cards do sell and when you're a one-on-one -on -one strategist package member, when you do sell a card, you'll get, now you'll get a P&L statement as part of this essentially. So you can see how well you've done with our recommendations. So in terms of portfolio and inventory, I know you wanted to ask me some questions about how I'm diversified. I figured I would just bring this out so that we could just look at it together. I absolutely love it. And before we dive into things, I'm so fired up about this page that we're sharing with everyone. You know, we we kind of started this one-on-one -on -one thing uh, pretty recently, and we're leveling up big time in terms of the experience that we're giving our users and finding new ways to provide value. Uh, and Paul Hickey deserves a lot of kudos for the work that you're looking at right here. So I'm hyped uh, to keep improving. I'm hyped to, at what we've got going on here. But um, yeah, so let's talk about your portfolio just a little bit. Uh, notice the lack of goats in Paul Hickey's inventory. You know, he's got over 30% of his allocation but between Shador Sanders and Arch Manning. I think that's a direct example of Paul putting his money where his mouth is and his recommendations are. You know, he mentioned earlier, he's not someone that's trying to wait two to four years and buy a bunch of investment cards, a bunch of goats, uh, and wait for those returns. He wants those cash flows back 
quickly. Paul, I'm assuming you're looking for steady cash flow in shorter term markers because we're finding so many plays on a consistent basis that you know you need to make cash so that because more opportunities are there. Is that correct? Yeah, that's definitely part of it. But the real the real reason is I just know the sell markers for these guys. And I don't know the sell markers for guys like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. I just don't. I just don't know that. I don't know that. And I can't, so I can't confidently advise people in our audience to buy those guys, but I can confidently advise people to buy the guys that I've bought because I know the selling markers. And again, say what you will about Shadur Sanders, but he's underpriced and he has selling markers and uh, Arch Manning as well. Jordan, who led in the house, says you picked up our Arch Manning at Culture Collision. Thanks for checking out the show, Jordan. I really appreciate it. Nice meeting you at Culture Collision. I do remember picking up your Arch Manning. I have since cracked it and submitted it to PSA because it was in SGC 9. So it is actually not part of this uh, 9.3 in terms of 9.3% in terms of my portfolio allocation. But when it gets back from PSA, it's going to go into this. And so, so technically I probably have a little bit more than 9.3%. But yeah, Connor, just kind of bringing it back again. Like I'll give you another example. People have given me some grief, not a lot of people, but some people have given me some grief about how much I've talked about Bronny James on the show. And I think that that's because I think people like to, to hate a little bit. You know, Bronny James has not played well. In fact, a former co-host of this show, one of my buddies from high school, Nate Murphy. He was actually, Nate Murphy was the first co-host of the Sports Card Strategy Show. I signed him up on like a 10-day contract, if you will. And I knew I was going to move on from him because he's basically just a blowhard. I love you, Nate. But he basically just talks like Colin Cowherd and I can't stand it. So um, Nate commented on one of my in, uh, my LinkedIn posts about Bron my Bronny James article that I wrote at nooffseason.com. And it was like, if if Paul Hickey can make you money on Bronny James, he's a genius because Bronny James sucks, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, the thing that people don't get is that this is not about his performance on the court. This is about the fact that his dad is LeBron James and that he's he's going to get a shot in a summer league. He's going to get a shot in the NBA, whether he's drafted or not. And when that happens, his cards will rise in value. And, oh, by the way, I like that he sucks right now because his cards are dirt cheap because of it. Guys, imagine a world. Imagine a world where USC was on track to get like a four or a five seed or a six or even a seven or eight seed in the NCAA tournament. Guys, they're out of it for those of you who haven't followed college basketball. They're completely out of it. They suck, okay? But, and, and Bronny's not even close to the best player on that team. I get that. But what I do know is that there's a selling marker. There's hype, which I care about more than anything else. But what I really care about, too, is that he's cheap right now because he sucks. So that makes it even more of a reason. Imagine, I, I, I cut myself off in the middle of my statement. Imagine a world where USC was on track to make the tournament and Bronny James was actually averaging dubs right now. Like, he'd be 3-4x what he is right now. So he still has the same selling marker. It might not be a first-round pick, but he still has a selling marker of getting a shot in the NBA, even if it's only in a summer league. And I'm telling you guys, his cards are going to go up in value. But yeah, I don't have any goats. I think the closest thing, Connor, that I have to a goat is Shohei Otani. 
And I only got a couple Shohei Otani cards. And the thing I love about this is I can tell you exactly what Shohei Otani cards I have. 1.5% of my portfolio is allocated to Shohei Otani. I have a total of $350 allocated to Shohei Otani. And if you want to look at the exact Shohei Otani cards that I have, all you got to do is look down here in my inventory and find my Shohei Otani cards. And boom, you can see what two cards they are. 2018 Topps Chrome Pitching Base PSA 10 paid 150 bucks for it. And I really got to steal 200 bucks for the, the T83 Topps Chrome uh, PSA 10, which is a kind of a short print. Yeah, I'm pretty jealous about that T83 show. Hey, we were talking about a culture collision. Actually, I was like, I want to find this exact card. How much do you pay for it? And I couldn't believe uh, what you got in on it at. We we're actually going to talk a little bit more on Shohei deeper into the show. But before we do, Paul, uh, talk about a little bit about NoOffSeason.com's premium membership. Guys, why should you subscribe to NoOffSeason.com's premium membership? Do you like the content on this show? I think you do, and I think you want more. I think you can't get enough of it. So just get a free 30-day trial membership at nooffseason.com. It gives you a Friday edition of this show. It's called The Overflow Show. It's a premium podcast for members only every Friday, and you can ask an unlimited amount of questions to build your sports card investment portfolio like we've been talking about already on today's show. I answer them for you. Connor adds a ton of value. We put in the work, research, and do the analysis to give you the best possible answer, Connor, so that the fam can increase their chances of making money flipping sports cards. And if that's not enough reason to sign up for a free 30-day trial, you also get Sports Card School. Sports Card School walks you through like re-entering the hobby and being like, what the heck is going on with all these releases? If you're a newbie, it walks you through how to get into the hobby, how to enter, if you want to be an advanced flipper, there's an advanced flipping course. If you want to be a high roller, there's a high rollers course. If you think you're a high roller, you still need to take the course. Trust me, because a lot of high rollers aren't doing the right thing. So check out Sports Card School. Sign up today at nooffseason.com. Thanks, Paul. Guys, it's literally free. It's an entire month. You can find all the value packed in there. You got a whole month to do it. So it's free. Check it out uh, and see if you want to stick around there. All right. Invest or fade is back. We're going to hop right on into things. We're going to pit Prince head-to-head -head and provide market data uh, for Paul Hickey to make his decision on which card he would rather invest in and who's naturally going to get faded out of the equation. It's officially the football offseason, so we're going to start with what the better QB is to buy now that we're getting closer into football buying season, starting with our guy Joe Burrow. Paul, we've got Joe Burrow's 2020 Optic Hollow PSA 10. Optic Hollow obviously being a, uh, a popular print for us. Down 20% the last 180 days. Last sale, $451, which is uh, under the 365-day average of $490. This card was traded above $600 several times between March of 2023 and the start of the NFL season. So I think right now, this card is pretty cheap, affordable, and a good point to be buying Joe Burrow. Obviously, missed the end of the year. It's offseason. Good time to buy Burrow. Versus another QB, Trevor Lawrence, 2021 Select Field Silver PSA 10. I'm pretty excited about this fine, Paul. This card is down 64% over the last 180 days. A massive fall off. $824 is the 180-day average for this card, with the last sale being $487, almost half of the 180-day average. 
the thing with Trevor Lawrence is do we expect this print to get back above 1K? Have people stopped believing in Trevor Lawrence, Paul Hickey? And does that matter for us? Is now the time to buy? Should you be waiting longer to see if NFL QB prints dip further? Paul, which one are you rolling with here? The Joe Burrow 2020 Optical PSA 10 or Trevor Lawrence 2021 Select Field Level Silver PSA 10? Connor Barnett just absolutely slaughtering it. Well done. This is a... This is a great question because you've basically pit the number one overall pick in 2020 versus the number one overall pick in 2021. Both highly touted QBs, both fairly successful in the beginnings of their young NFL career. Burroughs obviously battled more injuries and had more success than Trevor Lawrence, but, but T-Law has a playoff victory a couple years ago and has the Jags on the right track. And both of these cards down quite a bit. And they're both around the same price, right? So so last sale of the Lawrence, 2021 select field level silver PSA 10, 487. Last sale of the Burrow 2020 Optic Hollow PSA 10, 451. Connor Barnett just absolutely crushing it. Um, I looked up the, the pop count on the Burrow because I like to try to look for tiebreakers. I don't normally care that much about pop count. It's about a 1,500 pop count. Um, not sure what the pop count is on the T-Law. I'm not going to waste everybody's time looking it up, but I have to imagine that it's a pretty low pop count because T-Law did not gem very often out of optic or out of prism. This is obviously select. Uh, and it's a silver field level PSA 10. Let's see. So... I know which one that I would buy over the two, but I guess I want to have a little bit of a discussion about this. And I'm curious as to the audience's thoughts. So definitely drop a comment below, guys, on which one you'd rather buy. I would rather buy Burrow, and here's why. I think because you've done an amazing job, Connor, of pitting essentially two equal cards against each other in terms of the right card for the right player at the right time. Each of these are the right card for the right player at the right time. So kudos to you for laying this out there like that. The reason I would go with Burrow is because I tend to look at things like, what does it take to move the needle? I like to project out to the selling marker. And I think that because Burrow had an abomination of a 2023 season, like we were at the National, and I remember people walking up to us at the National saying, Burrow's hurt. He tore his Achilles, he's out for the year. And then, of course, that was like, a f that was fake news. And it was really just like this weird calf strain that he had. But it clearly, clearly affected him. He didn't play in the preseason. He was totally immobile in the first four weeks of the season. And then he got kind of back into form. Just as he was getting back into form, he injured his hand, had surgery, and that was it. So just a horrible, putrid 2023 season for Joe Burrow. Trevor Lawrence had a decent year and then just basically pooped the bed at the end. The Jags pooped the bed at the end and didn't make the playoffs. So I look at the selling marker as what does it take to actually move the needle for each of these two guys? I believe all it takes to move the needle on this Joe Burrow card significantly is a training camp video of him on social media that like Burrow's back. And let's see if T Higgins gets franchised, right? So like, I mean, the T Higgins situation aside, I think 
it takes next to nothing to move the needle on this Joe Burrow card. Like it could easily double by the time that we get to week one. And I know that that's, you know, probably a little aggressive. It probably won't double, but it should definitely be 50%, 75%, maybe even 2X by the time we get to week one. It is just so low right now, and it is not going to take much for this card to do that at POP 1500, Optic, Hollow, PSA 10. Now, I think T-Law is in kind of a different situation. He's in a situation where... He had so much hype coming out of the 2021 draft that he really hasn't lived up to as an individual performer. Now, I still believe in T-Law. I still think this card's a good, a good flip. But I think in order to move the needle on this card, I think T-Law has to start 4-0. He might even have to start 8-0. He might have to be an MVP candidate. He might have to lead the Jags to a couple playoff wins. Really, to move the needle on this card, the 2021 Select Field Level Silver PSA 10, it's a good buy. It's down 64% in the last 180 days, to your point, whereas Burrow's only down 20% in the last 180 days. But I think you got to project out to when and how are you going to sell this card. You can't just look at it as like, well, this is a great deal, so I'm going to buy it. You have to look at what's my exit strategy? And I think the exit strategy with the T-Law is it's just going to be harder to get out of. I think you can easily get out of this burrow for a profit. Paul, you hit on exactly the points that I wanted from bringing these cards up. We talk all about, about uh, prospect fatigue when we look at baseball cards. And I think that Trevor Lawrence is kind of in the same boat right now uh, with like hype fatigue, essentially, right? He was just so highly touted. Uh, the, the way that the Jaguars fell off this season, I think that people are kind of shifting him from a light of a hobby darling to someone maybe that's a little less cared about that has a little less hype around them name so i think that that would be my concern there i think the sports card strategy that we would pitch like you mentioned would be picking burrow but if you're someone that's willing to add a little bit of risk tolerance to the portfolio there could be some strong upside from trevor lawrence either way i think they're both strong buys right now um love the feedback there anything else you want to add paul before we move into our second investor bid Let's just hit on what's happening in the live chat real quick. So Luke Menchel says all NFL QBs have sell markers in late August. They will all be down in the next few months. I totally agree. I totally agree. I think in, you know, in general, you're going to be able to go find Justin Herbert cards in June. You might be able to find some Justin Herbert cards right now. Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts. These guys are down. They're going to be down. They're not going to go back up again until probably late July. They're going to continue to rise through late August, and then I would sell them. Now, they're, here's the thing that you'll, you'll have some critics. Um, some critics will come back and they'll be, you know, some trolls will come back later and they'll be like, well, you lost me money because I could have sold this higher in week four because, because he started so hot. Yes, but I didn't lose you money. We didn't lose you money. You still made money because you bought and sold at the right time. And the reality is that this one player, and this is where Connor talks about mitigating risk. Connor, Connor talks about how, we do the best job at helping you mitigate risk. And that's what Luke's talking about. Luke is talking about selling in late August to mitigate risk. Now, Eric Bergerud says uh, Harbaugh Herbert going to be a ton of hype during preseason. Totally agree. Menchel says he'd rather buy Lawrence because Burrow is a slow starter every season and Lawrence is down so low right now. Interesting. I like the perspective. Rocky Empire Sports Card, shout out Andrew, says I, I vote Burrow if I had to pick one. 
already made it to a Super Bowl and Lawrence stats are somewhat concerning. Mentral also says I'm buying both. I actually think my, my initial answer and probably the initial answer to the entire from the entire audience would be let's go ahead and buy both connor did a great job if i had to pick between one which the reality is you got to manage your bankroll you don't have unlimited funds so you got to manage your bankroll sometimes you got to only pick one that's why i'm picking burrow luke mentrell says i love trolls ziggy no in the house what's up brother cheers to you as well uh great discussion there guys love the live chat appreciate it keep it coming um let's see what the live chat and the comments have to say about your next one. I'm excited about this one too, Connor. Yeah, we're going to hit on certified bucket getters. What is the better bucket getter prism silver to buy right now? Cam Thomas, Paul Hickey's guy, 2021 prism silver PSA 10 is down nearly 70% over the last 180 days. Last sale, 108 bucks for PSA 10 prism silver. He's having a pretty strong season. He's been battling a little bit of injuries, missed a few games. He's averaging 21.2 points per game uh, and with a 37 and 40 point performance uh, both included within his last 10 games. Is there scoring fatigue associated with Cam Thomas, Paul? Is everyone used to the 30 and 40 bombs now and understand that's just kind of what he is? What will it take for his pricing to move? And do you still recommend for people to be buying Cam Thomas? We'll get your feedback there after the second option. Tyler Hero, 2019 Prism Silver PSA 10, down 40% in the last 90 days alone. Last sale, 61 bucks. Trading at an all-time low. He's back healthy. He's having a great season. 21 points per game and shooting nearly 40% from behind the arc. The Heat are right on the edge right now. They're seventh in the East, but they always seem to turn it up when things matter as the postseason nears. And in the postseason, is Tyler Hero going to have some serious markers? Both of these are undervalued. I love both of these picks uh, from my perspective, Paul, but curious to see what you think here. Love it. Absolutely love it. I mean, I'm going to try to break this down objectively before I give you my answer because people who go a couple years back on the sports card strategy show probably know my answer, but let's break this down objectively because I think one, one potential criticism of some of these segments could be like, well, can you actually get the card? Like the last sale was this, but can you actually get the card for that? And I'm looking up these and once again, Connor's done a great job because Pretty much for the prices that Connor's laid out in this segment, you, yes, you can. There are auctions that you can bid on for each of these cards. There are fixed price buy it now or best offers that you can get in on for each of these cards for around this entry-level price that we're talking about. And I could see this going either way. I would say that Tyler Hero probably has more awareness in terms of, you know, not that he's a household name, but that he's probably a lot closer to being a household name than Cam Thomas, probably for a few reasons. He's been on the market uh, a couple years longer in terms of 2019 Prism Silver versus 2021 Prism Silver. He's had success in the NBA playoffs. Cam Thomas has not. He's been, you know, sixth man of the year, essentially. Um, so he, he's been uh, a certified bucket getter, probably more consistently and played more consistent minutes than Cam Thomas throughout his career. He's also been the title of a hip-hop song, so he's been in culture more than Cam Thomas has, which, which can matter. He had a lot of hobby hype in 2021. He was one of the ones that just went nuts in 2021. Um, you know, kind of after, after the 2020 bubble, his cards went nuts and things like that, and then they came back down to earth. Um, 
pop count also matters here. Tyler Hero is, uh, this card is pop 852, 2019 Prism Silver, PSA 10. Cam Thomas, pop 29, 2021 Prism Silver, PSA 10, pop 29. So um, much more liquidity in the Hero, sold 61 times in the last 365 days. Cam Thomas sold nine times in the last 365 days. So a lot of difference here between these two cards, but obviously very similar players in terms of the roles they play on their team. I think that playoff performance is probably needed for Tyler Hero's card to go back up. Uh, I don't think playoff performance is needed for Cam Thomas's card to go back up. I think as a certified bucket getter, he could probably string together a couple of massive performances once again and get the job done because this card's down. So I think that similarly to the Joe Burrow-Trevor Lawrence debate, I'm buying Cam Thomas over Tyler Hero because I don't think it takes as much to move the Cam Thomas needle as it does to move the Tyler Hero needle. Now, people could definitely put up a counterpoint to me on that. They could say, well, you know, Cam Thomas is had some hobby hype and he's already strung together three straight 40 point games. So maybe Paul, you need to take a look, another look at that. But I really think Cam Thomas is where I'm going with this. Um, pop count does play into this pop 29. You can get this card in an auction or in a buy it now, right now. Uh, there is one available for $123 buy it now. So you got to go a little bit over the 108, but that's not that big of a difference for a pop 29 card. And it is a verified silver prism PSA 10 cam Thomas. Uh, for those of you watching, I'm just going to go ahead and share my screen right now. So you can see this card. Here we go. Boom. 2021 prism silver. You can buy it right now. Better yet, add it to your watch list. I mean, I, I, I might buy this right now. Maybe by the end of this show, this is gone. That's my answer. What do you think, Connor? I like it. Here's what I here's what I am gonna say, not to not to not to start an argument, but I think that with Cam Thomas and I know you you kind of touched on what I was mentioning in terms of is the surprise gone from Cam Thomas right? Like how much of his pricing jumps were because wow, we did not expect this guy to go for three forty point games in a row and now people know it. You kind of touched on that is that a potential thing maybe, but here's what I like about going with Tyler here and to clarify, I think the answer ultimately relies upon. The conversation that we've had earlier in the show, what are your portfolio management needs? What are your cash flow needs? How fast do you need money back? But I think with Tyler Hero, the likelihood of the Miami Heat making the playoffs is extremely high. And at that point, because you have additional hype around the team and eyes on him specifically, he doesn't even have to play well for his cards to go back up. Whereas we're relying on Cam Thomas to potentially have strong performances, which I don't love the idea of relying on player performances. But I think either way, it's a win. I think they're both undervalued right now and i think it depends on when you need the cash flow back i like it i like your perspective i'll say this um i don't think there's a wrong answer here i think both of these cards like the burrow and lawrence are great buys right now they're budget buys when you can get a silver prism rookie psa 10 for a guy like this tyler hero or cam thomas certified bucket getters certified scorers guys who can go off for 40, 50 points on any given night. I think you could buy both. I mean, especially, look look at this. Whoever got this Tyler Hero 2019 Prism Silver PSA 10 for $35 last week, be my Valentine. That's right before <laughs> Valentine's Day. And then there's another sale right after that 
uh, on Valentine's Day for $61. So that that's a big swing in a 24-hour time period. But, I mean, they're all in that range. They're all in that range. And so I think, I think this is a great card. Um, a lot of great discussion in the live chat again on this one. I think, you know, Luke Menchel says, you can buy my Cam Thomas Silver Prism PSA 10. Luke, you got my email, paul at nooffseason.com. Maybe we can come up with a deal here. But, um, yeah, I think I like, I like Connor's answer. I like Connor's answer. He says, look, Heat are going to make the playoffs. They're going to be in it in May. This card should go up just around that hype. Don't want to rely on a performance marker. I, I would normally agree with you. I think that for this price point, I'm in a situation where I Cam Cam Thomas is just my guy. He's just my guy. There there just is a love between Cam Thomas and I because I predicted his breakout the last time around. So I'm going against what I normally say. What I normally say is what Connor says. I don't want to rely on a performance marker, but let's go with Cam just for fun. I've been accused of not having enough fun on this show, so let's have some fun. I love it. Speaking of fun, we've got a special announcement for this Friday, Paul, uh, featuring someone that I think people are looking forward to hearing from. You want to go ahead and let everyone know what the announcement for Friday is. Friday, you got an opportunity to tune in to see and hear Lefty McKee on our WhatNot account on February 23rd. Sports Card Strategy Show is disrupting WhatNot yet again with another WhatNot stream featuring singles only with Lefty McKee, courtesy of our friends at Texas Roadshow Cards. We are going to be auctioning off singles from Texas Roadshow Cards. These are great singles. Chase Krim, Cody Krim, they've sent us a ton of singles to auction off. Lefty's going to do the honors. Go to whatnot.sportscardstrategy.com to save 15% on your first Whatnot purchase if you don't have a Whatnot account yet. If you do have a Whatnot account, follow us. Go to nooffseason.com slash Whatnot to follow us. Join that stream 6 p.m. Eastern time Friday. So right after you get off work. Well, we know you don't need to get off work. We got a ton of people in the live chat right now. And it's, it's 2 p.m. Eastern time. So we know you're tuning into us while you're working. So tune into us while you're working, while you're with the family, while you're off work. Doesn't matter. Go to whatnot.sportscardstrategy.com to save $15. Go to nooffseason.com slash whatnot to follow us. 6 p.m. Eastern time this Friday, February 23rd. I know you guys miss Lefty. There's more Lefty to come. Lefty wants to see you and you want to see Lefty's face. You want to hear his voice. This is your opportunity to do it. I'm pumped about it. Let's get more Lefty McKee in our lives. Real quick, before I talk about the next promotion here, Connor, I will also say Lefty Cards is cooking up, guys. Lefty Cards is cooking up. Lefty and I, we are signed. He is signed officially to the nooffseason.com sports card network. He's going to have his own show. I don't know the first date of the show yet. I'm trying to nail Lefty down on that. But Lefty Cards is coming your way. I'm excited about it. There's going to be a lot of great content there as part of the nooffseason.com sports card network. Stay tuned for more announcements on Lefty Cards. Go go to lefty underscore cards, DM him on Instagram, and say, I heard Paul talk about the launch of Lefty Cards on the Sports Card Strategy Show. Get your act together and get that first show scheduled with Paul. Let's go. We need you, Lefty. All right. Why should you sign up for the one-on-one strategist package now? There are limited spots available always, so you need to get in and lock it up. You need to email me at paul at nooffseason.com now because I help you 
by giving you one-on-one advice and recommendations with your buying and selling strategy for a full year. Email me at paul at nooffseason.com right now for the details. Good stuff. All right, next segment, the 1K Budget Builder is back from our Wednesday Deep Dives. I'm pumped for this segment. I think I got some good picks, but we're going to hear from our guy Paul Hickey first. If you're unfamiliar with the segment, essentially we have $1,000 to spend each, and we have to pitch a low-end, a mid-tier, and a high-end sports card that we think is a fantastic buy right now that will make us money, uh, and we have a clear sell marker for. So, Paul Hickey, let's start with you. You've got a little bit interesting of a format today with our budget builder. Who are you picking? What are you picking and why? Well, I'm excited about this guy because there's a selling marker for him. There's a selling marker for him. Riley Leonard, Notre Dame's starting quarterback. They feel he was the top QB in the transfer portal. That could be lip service, but he's still their starting QB coming from Duke in the transfer portal to Notre Dame. Big school, big following, big fan base, cheap cards, buy them now, flip them. August 31st is their first game against Texas A&M. Texas A&M is ranked. Notre Dame should be ranked as well. And here we go, Riley Leonard. So I'm going to start on the low end, right? That's where we start here, Connor? That'll work. So let's start on the low end on the 1K budget builder. So I like Riley Leonard, 2023 Bowman U Chrome, number six, first prospect auto base that you can get for 20 bucks. And again, I see you guys in the live chat and and I agree. I agree. Like, again, I I addressed it earlier. I think a lot of times content creators will be like, oh, well, the last sale was this. Well, we've tried to weed that kind of content out and we try to focus on, yes, that was the last sale, but what are the available listings and auctions right now that you could actually get it for? So here is one. I'm watching it. It's $22.99. So with shipping, it's going to be still less than a $30 card. That's low end. I would grade this at PSA. The last sale of the refractor of this out of $4.99 was at $20, but I don't see any of those. So I'm going low end. Riley Leonard, Notre Dame starting QB. Buying them now. I'm not waiting until hype rises on him because hype will rise around their spring game. Their spring game's in April. So I wouldn't wait too long to buy Riley Leonard. I think you've got a couple month buying window of getting Riley Leonard super cheap. I think people are going to start to wake up to this card. 2023 Bowman Chrome U first auto base Riley Leonard. That's where I'm going with my low end. Where do we go next, Connor? Let's hit that, hit that mid tier for me. Okay. So again, I'm buying and grading this at PSA because there's plenty of time. The mid tier, we're going to stick with Riley Leonard. We're going to stick with Riley Leonard because I found this 2023 Riley Leonard Bowman U Chrome Sapphire. Don't forget, there's a Sapphire edition of this. All of these guys from 2023 Bowman U Chrome, there's a Sapphire edition with autos. That doesn't happen in every release. The Sapphire edition autos don't happen in every release. So this is a color match. With the Duke colors. Now, granted, he plays at Notre Dame, but this is his first Bowman licensed. And you can get this for 140 bucks. I'm watching it right now. I was actually, Connor, I was going to make an offer on the show in real time because I want this card. And I'm watching it because I want the seller to send me an offer. But I think I'd rather send them. You guys think I should make an offer right now 
on this card. Absolutely. It's $139.99. It is an SGC 1010. What would I do, Connor, if I get this card? Eric Bergerud in the house, in the live chat saying, that's a sick card. I'm going to, I'm going to lay, I think you know what I would do if I get this card. Shane Graham says, do it, Paul. What I would do is crack it and submit the PSA. So let's do it. Okay. Let me get some live chat. What do you think I should make the offer for? I was thinking, I was thinking like low ball based on this offer would be 99. I haven't really seen any comps on it. Um, I think I might get an auto decline. Yeah. Shane Graham says offer a hundred. That's what I'll do. I'll offer a hundred. Let's see if I get an auto decline. So reviewing the offer, you guys all get to see my mailing address. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, you get to see the last four of my credit card number. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> offer sent. There we go. That offer sent. Boom. Boom goes the dynamite. All right, everybody. So let's see. Does that wrap up my mid-tier? Do I have anything else in my mid-tier? I think that's the steal. I think that's the steal. So I'm at 190. I've got I've got 810 left. I might have more money left if this dude accepts my offer. So, all right, here's what I'm going to do with my high end. Probably not going to make offers on these cards, but I'm going to pair together my high end and I'm going to get multiple cards. So this is a Riley Leonard SGC 1010. It's a it's his first Bowman Auto Yellow Refractor out of 75. And it's $175 or best offer. So I've added it to my watch list. I want to see if the seller sends me an offer. All right. So then I would go to with my remaining money. Because I like I like this because not only are the base cards underpriced with the selling marker, but as you get into the low serial numbered stuff and the more rare stuff, they're still underpriced. So this is a 2023 Bowman U Chrome Riley Leonard first auto out of 25. It's an SGC 9510 auto. And again, what I like about this is I would crack this thing, submit it to PSA, hopefully get a PSA 10, probably worst case get a PSA 9. And I still think a PSA 9 of this card would potentially outsell an SGC 9.5 at the selling marker. So I might ponder making an offer on this card as well in real life. Probably not going to do it as part of the 1K budget builder right now because quite frankly, I like that Sapphire Edition color match way better. And I probably want to maybe just go ahead and buy that card if, the, if, if I can't get it for the offers that I submit. And we'll see here on the show. I'll give you guys an update on that offer if I get one from the seller, but I would, so I would take some of my money and I would do that. And then there is a nine of this card. So this is the same card. See, this is what's weird about this stuff. I think you can get deals the longer you look because this is a nine five for $500 or best offer, right? But this is the same card, serial numbered out of 25, orange refractor, it's an SGC nine and it's only $155 or best offer. I want to make an offer on this one on the show. Can I make an offer on this one on the show too? Menchel said offer him 250. Sorry, I wasn't looking at the live chat. I'm not sure what card you were. Well, you're, you're probably talking about the $500 card. Yeah, I think that's yes. probably about right. Yeah. 
Um, I'm going to make an offer on this one. I'm going to offer a hundred bucks for this one too. Let's just see what happens. I think it's going to auto decline. So it's 105 bucks plus offer sent. Let's go. Let's get a couple Riley Leonard's in real time, in real life on the sports card strategy show. Here's another one, guys. This one might even be better. What do you think? I want to know, comment below or put it in the live chat. I want to know if you think this one's better. I think, I don't think I'm out of my budget yet. I think I could afford these with my entire 1K budget builder. Connor, I don't know if you're adding this up. I am. You absolutely have the room. Okay. 300 bucks or best offer. I've added it to my watch list already. 2023 Bowman Uchrome Sapphire Riley Leonard first Bowman orange auto out of 25 so it's not graded it's not literally the same card as the one i was talking about a minute ago this is the sapphire edition the sapphire edition orange out of 25 auto get pumped for this buckeye dill loves the sapphire edition i know he ripped one the other day i know he actually ripped one of the basketball on this shout out buckeye dill he got a page bukers hit so shout out buckeye dill real quick but I like this, guys. Don't forget about the Sapphire edition. Gabe Davis says, I don't think Leonard goes till day three. Yeah, that's what's weird about the 2025 draft class. He could be a first rounder. He could go till day three. We have no idea. A lot of it's going to depend on how the college season plays out. But again, I think I'm selling this in the Notre Dame hype of August, of late August, early September, maybe even selling at that Texas A&M game. Maybe I'm ending auctions at that Texas A&M game. Here's another option for the entire 1K budget builder. Another <laughs> option. You could just forego everything I said because here's a $999 or best offer. So definitely don't buy it now. Offer maybe 400 for this and just see what happens and then walk your way up a little bit. This is out of five. This is a red out of five. This is serial numbered one out of five auto 2023 Riley lemon. This is how you could make a ton of money flipping sports cards. Cause you either make a ton of money in September or you basically get your money back. I believe on this card out of five uh, painter says, show me the top left corner of the raw. Yeah. Good call. Definitely like, you know, make sure it's a little fuzzy. Let's show painter the top left corner. I don't know. Painter you're in the live chat. What do you think? There's people listening on the podcast apps. So I don't know. Here's the, here's what the back of the top left corner looks like. So the, the top right corner of the back is the top left corner on the front. I think it looks okay. But again, you know, even if this, even if this out of 25 comes back an eight or a nine, I still think it's, so I don't even know if I would grade it. So that's my one K budget builder. That's a mouthful, but I would buy before April spring game on Riley Leonard I would sell on or before August 31st opener against Texas A&M. Check the Notre Dame football schedule. I think you can make money on this guy in the low end, mid tier or high end, Connor. I really like the budget builder from Paul today because this is what Paul does. He locks in on his guys he wants to invest in and he buys cards at different price points for them. You do it with Shador. You've done it with other guys. You've done it with Bronny James. I love it. You know, we're kind of at an interesting point in terms of seasonality right now for flipping sports cards. The Super Bowl has passed. The NFL offseason is upon us. We're waiting to sell our baseball prospects. The NBA trade line and All-Star weekend just passed. You know, we're trying to figure out the best buys. You talked about going where they ain't. I think that 
he's going to have several different sell markers that you could potentially capitalize on to where that's how you mitigate your risk is having different exit points depending on what happens. And either way, you got a way to get out of money and hopefully make some profits there. So I really like this, uh, these picks from Paul. Let's go ahead and hop into mine unless you had anything else to add there, Paul Higgy. Shout out to the live chat. I mean, Gabe Davis is talking about Jackson Dart. Um, we had, let's see, who who was in here talking about Will Howard? Fern. What's up, Fern? Fern's talking about Will Howard. So I, I love it. I mean, I think, you know, Riley Leonard, Carson Beck, obviously Shadur Sanders is like the top four tiers for me. But then after you, when you get into tier five, you got Riley Leonard, Will Howard, Car- I, th- I think you can make money on all these guys. Drew Aller, Drew Aller. I just bought a Drew Aller, Bowman Chrome. It's out of 2022 first refractor out of 499 PSA 10 for 150 bucks. I was the one who bought that for 150 bucks. But I think that's a, I think that even a deal on that card is closer to $300 right now. I bought it from a listener on the sports card strategy show because when I bought it, the per- this is starting to happen to me. I didn't know if this would happen, but it's starting to happen. People that I am buying cards from on eBay and selling cards to are messaging me now and telling me that they like the show. So I love that. And the guy, the guy that sold me the Allard for one, it was, it was an auction guys. It was a Drew Aller auction for that card, this, the opening bid was $149.99, and there were two bids on the card, and I won it for $150. Bucks. And, you know, shout out Sports Card Strategy Show listeners. That person obviously loves the show, obviously made money on that card. Wouldn't it, wouldn't have done it if they weren't going to make money on that card. But, I mean, look, I mean, I'm pumped there's meat on the bone for me. But, I mean, look, I would wait until a... Drew Aller sell alert, guys. There's a selling marker coming up huge for Drew Aller in the next probably three to four months. Text sports cards to 1-833-992-5727. I think the 2025 NFL draft is a big time sell alert for Drew Aller as well. So you want to get those sell alerts, text sports cards to 1-833-992-5727. All right, Connor Barnett. I want to know what your 1K budget builder looks like, man. Take it away. Yeah, let's do it. I don't have eBay listings like Paul does, but what I do have is 14, 30, 60 day averages to give us a very solid and reliable indication on how much these cards are going for right now. So let's kick things off with my low end pick, which is Lamar Jackson's 2018 Donruss base in PSA 10. Football buying season is approaching and people thought Lamar had a real chance to make a Super Bowl appearance this year. Obviously, he was knocked off and he is quickly falling in pricing. And I think uh, there are a lot of people falling out of love with the idea of Lamar Jackson being a top tier contender quarterback. Uh, you know, he's getting getting to that point in his career where he's got to make something happen, right? So this card is down 37.9% over the last 30 days. And in my opinion, when you're picking cheaper prints, liquidity is extremely important so that you can get out when you need to. 147 trades the last 30 days. While the last sale was $95, it's a 14-day average of 112 bucks for this card, and that covers 40 sales. So I believe that's a reliable number. I do think this will be a $150, $200 card when NFL hype returns and Lamar Jackson doesn't even need to play well. Secure profits here by simply timing the market. Paul, is it too early to be buying Lamar Jackson? What are your thoughts? Well, you've done your homework here, and this card's down 38% in the last 30 days. So I don't think it's too early. I think a lot of times the challenge is going to be people who are trying to sell this card are still going to want the January prices. And so you're just going to have to, wait until you get a deal. You're just going to have to, you know, 
probably avoid the buy, buy it now or best offers because those those buy it nows are going to be tricky because they're still going to want the January prices or the September prices. So, but this is a great card. I mean, it's a great iconic Lamar Jackson card, 2018 Donruss based PSA 10. It's liquid. There's nothing really special about it other than the fact, you know, that it's iconic with the rated rookie logo. And it's a great card. I think it's a great low-end card. I don't think you would lose money. I think that there's probably some marginal upside, safe marginal upside um, to buy this card now and flip it in September. So I think if you've got the bankroll on the low end for this, I think it's a great call. Again, I just think try to find auctions because if you can find auctions, you're going to get the market value of the buying low. But if you think, oh, well, if you don't pay attention to Connor and you just basically go buy this card, then you could lose because you could buy it too high. But if you pay pay attention to Connor and you say, look, if you can get this card from between 90 and $115, this will be a $150 to $200 card when the NFL hype returns. You're in great shape. Yep. I think that's good feedback there. I think potentially this could be, you know, I'd say a couple of months ago on the Sports Card Strategy Show, we had the two early sells, the right time sells. This could potentially be a too early buy, but I think it will be the right buy, um, if not now, within a couple or a few weeks. Luke Mitchell says... Uh, what is the 90-day average on this card? Just for clarification, the 90-day average on this 2018 Don Russ Base PSA 10 is $120. Let's go ahead and slide into my mid-tier option here. Looking over to baseball, Shohei Otani. You know, we talk about Shohei frequently being someone you can buy over and over. And if there were any questions as to how Shohei would return from injury, he had a home run during. Uh, practice with his new Dodgers family in his first live at bat since injury slash surgery there. Um, we're looking at his 2018 tops Chrome base pitching PSA 10, a card that's currently in Paul Hickey's inventory. I love this print. Uh, it's down 32% over the last 180 days. I think now is still the time to buy Shohei last sale for this card, $188, but you have 196 14 day average that spans over 48 sales. This card was selling above $300 back in July of 2023. I think this is a absolute lock to make profits when baseball hype returns in the Los Angeles market. Slash fan base helps fuel ridiculous hype levels for our guy Shohei Otani and his return from not only injury, but his first regular season game as a Dodger. Paul, I think this is a non-miss. If you can find this card for less than 200 bucks right now, you're going to make money. What are your thoughts? Yeah, this is probably a card that you could buy at scale and make a ton of money. I think if you buy one or two of them, you will make some money because I think this is the $250 card. I think it's a $250 card during the baseball season. I don't think it gets back up to over 300 this year. I think it could get back up to over 300 based on performance, potential performance markers if he's pitching and hitting well in 2025, but that's a big if, and that's a long time to wait. But I love your thought process here on this is a non-miss. That's that's exactly right. This is, this is a no-brainer for people who want to get in, whether you're an advanced flipper already or whether you're new to this and you're just learning. This is a card that is super liquid. It's It's a perfect example of like how strong the actual sports card market is right now. There's a lot of gloom and doom content out there, but the reality is this is a pop 12,000 card almost. And it still trades well where you can buy low and then sell high for a profit, timing the market. So I totally agree with you that 
if you can get this card for around $200, this is a $250 card. So by the time, if you're, if you're buying and selling on eBay, that's really only a 20 to $30 profit each time. But if you have the bankroll and you want to do this at scale, that 10% profit margin that you get is actually not a bad idea because it's, it's not risky at all. The dude comes back and hits one home run in batting practice and it, it ticks up a notch. So I really, really think that this one could go up to 150, possibly even higher. I don't think it'll make it to 300, but I don't think it'll take a lot. I think it's just Shohei being on the field with the Dodgers. Our guy Lefty McKee gets chills when he thinks about Shohei trotting out for the first time with the Dodgers. I don't think he's going to be the only one getting chills. I think there's going to be millions of people getting chills, and I think there's going to be millions of listings for Shohei Otani cards come April, uh, maybe even come May and June. And so if you've got this card, if you're one of the 11,000 plus people that has this card, I think you're going to make money on it in April, May, June for sure. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, so my first two options, while they're lower upside, I think they're still low risk, which is something that I like. Now moving along into my high-end investments could potentially have a little bit more risk associated with it, but I think there's a lot more upside in this pick we're looking at Justin Fields and his 2021 Don Russ. That's the DT39. Downtown super short print PSA 10. Why do I like Justin Fields? Because I think there would be a sell marker for him no matter what happens in the near future based on what the Bears want to do. So with their QB situation, they could keep Fields. They could trade Fields for a pick. They could get Caleb Williams, whatever it may be. Justin Fields' name will be in the news in addition to already getting boosts from the NFL hype cycle return. This is a high-end card. It's a PSA 10. That is down 19% over the last 60 days and 45% over the last year. While it most recently sold for 550 bucks, we can ignore that. It's a bit of an anomaly. The last couple of sales before that were in the low 700s, which I still believe is a great price if you can find it to buy this card. There's so much upside. It was selling above $1,500 in September of 2023. I think it can fit into a number of different flipper schemes uh, and needs as it can have short-term upside being draft night drama, midterm upside, time in the NFL market and the hype cycle, and long-term upside for those holding, uh, hoping to hold to increase value as Fields looks to cement himself as a staple in the NFL. Paul, am I missing something here, or is this a fantastic buy right now? This is a fantastic buy. There's there's one listed on eBay for $750 or best offer. It's a, it's a sick card. It's a super short print. I think this... I mean... I think you could buy this 700 you, you could buy this for 750 right now and make money on it. I, I would obviously make an offer and try to get this seller down closer to $600. I think that's the smart thing to do. I'm going to add it to my watch list see if this person sends me an offer. I think that I here's why I love Justin Fields and I and I I don't think this is very risky. There's selling markers for him coming up in April. There's a good chance he's going to get traded. And if he does get traded, it's going to be to a team who's going to have weapons. It's going to be to a team where he's going to be clearly the starter. They're going to invest in him. They're probably going to extend his contract. Anyone trading for Justin Fields is going to extend his contract. They're going to give him a massive deal. They're going to give him weapons. They're going to put him in a position to succeed. And if he, if he doesn't get traded, then Chicago's going to do that. Chicago's going to do that because they have the number one pick. So if they trade for Justin Fields, if if they trade Justin Fields, they're going to keep the number one overall pick and they're going to give him they're going to give him weapons. 
And if they, uh, so I don't know if I misspoke there. If they trade Justin Fields, then the team trading for him is going to have weapons. And if they keep Justin Fields, they're going to use the number one overall pick. And they have another top 10 pick to put weapons around him. And they have DJ Moore. So I think they're going to be in a situation where either way, Justin Fields is going to have a ton of hype on NFL draft. The, there's going to be a two-week hype cycle for Justin Fields in April leading up to the NFL draft one week and the week after the NFL draft, whether he's in Chicago with his new weapons or whether he's on his new team and his new situation, getting a new contract, he's going to have a two week, two week hype cycle leading up to the draft, following the draft. Then there's going to be another hype cycle in training camp and in August, the same hype cycle that everybody else gets. So I think it's a huge off season for Justin Fields. I love this call by you, Connor. And there are a lot of them that are priced way higher than this. So I would look for one that's priced in this range, this 750 OBO range, rather than some of the other ones are already priced at the at the price range that we think it it probably will go for or should go for. And based on your data, did go for last September. There's one for 1400, one for 1300, there's one for a thousand. So definitely be careful when you're out there just trying to buy this card. Make sure that you you get a deal on it. There's some PSA nines that are available for a good price, but I love this PSA 10. Thank you for the feedback there. Our guy, Luke has been busy in the chat before we move along. I wanted to touch on this and get your opinion. He says, if Justin Fields gets traded for a second round pick, AKA lower than anticipated, could we see a decrease in his card prices? Paul, does the other end of the trade spectrum matter for that player's prices? I mean, that's a good question. I don't have a crystal ball, so I don't, I can't say I can't say yes or no to that. I think it's a good it's a good point by Luke to think through. Well, if if he gets traded for less value than expected, um that could be one thing. There so the, there's going to be there's always going to be supporters and detractors of a player. I know Justin Fields probably has a lot of supporters and probably has a lot of detractors. But I do know that media coverage moves the needle. And right now there's 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 some media coverage around Justin Fields in terms of, of potential trade hype. But I think the real because this isn't this is a starting NFL quarterback who is a former first round pick who has actually played pretty well in the action that we've seen him play individually, and because he has had fantasy relevance. Justin Fields trade news if and when it actually happens is going to be all over ESPN. Like it's going to dominate at least one news cycle on ESPN. So even if he gets traded to a team or for less than what we thought he was going to get traded for, I still I still don't think it's going to de- I I can't see a scenario where it really decreases his card prices from where they are now. And even if Let's say even if that does, then for sure, just the regular NFL hype cycle in late August, early September should bring it to the point where we need it to be. And so, and even if that doesn't happen, you're still looking at a quarterback who can make some electric performances, put some big stats up in the stat column and potentially move the needle. If we need him to move the needle, worst case scenario in a performance spike, I still think there's a good chance of that. So I think there's like three levels of selling markers for Justin Fields here. I would get out at the first level. 
Um, if the first level doesn't happen, I really think the second level will, and I would get out then. But even if those two don't happen, I still think we have a safety net here of hopefully this guy has some big performances in his new team. I like Atlanta. I like Atlanta a lot. They've got Drake London. They've got Kyle Pitts. They've got Bijan Robinson. And, they, and they've got a new head coach. And so now you're in a situation in Atlanta where you've got all this hype for the Atlanta Falcons going into the season. Even if he, even if they only have to give up a second round pick for him and people are like, ah, oh, we don't really like him right now. You're still in a situation where Justin Fields, Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, all first round picks in the last several drafts are now on the same team together. There's going to be a lot of hype around that. Totally agree. I think that's a phenomenal break down there if you have justin fields or interest in buying him and you want to know when to sell be sure to text sports cards to 1-833-992-5727 to make sure you're up to date on the sell alerts and know when to move them to crystallize profits speaking of sell alerts paul's got a free one for you guys today we're moving a female golfer paul who are we moving and why it is time to move someone who we've talked about on this show quite a bit Believe it or not, Rose Zhang. Rose Zhang is, I believe she's still an amateur, but she's playing in professional events. She goes to Stanford and she won a PGA, an LPGA uh, tournament last year. I believe becoming one of the youngest people or the youngest person ever to, you might have to fact check me on this, uh, win an, an LPGA event. And I own her Sports Illustrated for Kids rookie out of 2023. Um, I'm only $22 into this card because that's the grading fee. I graded it at PSA and I counted like a $1 as the card purchase because the magazine subscription is basically nothing when you break it down and it's already paid for by a lot of the flips I've already made. So Rose Zhang 2023 SI for kids. It's number, uh, one zero nine four. I have a PSA eight. So I am listing it tonight. I am listing it tonight in a seven-day auction. Why? Because she plays in The Match. The Match is sponsored by Capital One. It's with Rory McIlroy, Max Homa, and Lexi Thompson. It's it's on TNT and streams, streams live on Max. It's at the park. It takes place on February 26th at 6 p.m. Eastern time. So what I'm doing here, listing it on a Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, is I'm getting a little bit of the hype leading up to this because there's already been some TV commercials and some articles about this. You don't hear a lot of Rose Zhang news. So it's time to move out of the Rose Zhang. It's time to get some money back. I think hopefully I can get maybe around 100 bucks for this card. And maybe there'll be some bids during the match. And then maybe there'll be some bids in the few days after the match. So that's my that's my sports card strategy here is List it in a seven-day auction. Get all of the opportunity to get some of the hype leading up to it, the match itself, and then some of the residuals following it after the last couple of days as the auction ends. So I'm excited to finally move my Rose Zhang. I don't think it's going to be a huge thing, but hopefully I can move from, you know, maybe I can three to four X this from 22 bucks all the way up to 100 I love it. Yep. Stay tuned for an actual sell alert coming out today at nooffseason.com. All right, Paul, let's transfer over to our audience Q&A segment. I know you've got a, touch, a couple things you wanted to touch on first from our listeners and uh, No Offseason fam. You want to hit on those, and then we'll hop right into the comments from today's live stream. 
Yeah, Card Runner DM'd me at Sports Card Strategy on Instagram, asked about Trey Murphy the third. Hey, Paul, before I found your podcast and had no idea what I was doing, I love, I get so many of those. I love you guys for that. I ended up buying a collection of Trey Murphy three cards. Should I just sell them now or is there a possible sell marker for him? So basically what I said was there's the sell marker for him would be the playoffs, but he's not the right player. And I don't know what cards card runner actually has. I think there's kind of a dwindling market for Trey Murphy three. I think he's an example of the wrong player to be right, to be quite honest with you. But I think there's a couple different things here. I would wait until May when there's a little bit more hype around the Pelicans and the playoffs or the play in, I think they're slotted at six right now, so they should make the playoffs, but they could be in the play in either way. I think it's a good time to offload Pelicans cards, but here's what I would do. I think I added a little bit more value here for card runner. I said, I'd try to search Instagram and X for profiles of people that PC uh, Trey Murphy. That's one of the things I love about the hobby is that you can go actually target your potential buyers on social media just by reading what's in their profile. You can go to X and you can go to IG and you can literally just search Trey Murphy three and you should get some results because people have uh, that they PC Trey Murphy listed in their profile. And you can actually start to kind of develop relationships with those people or develop a rapport with those people in DMs, ask them if there's specific Trey Murphy cards that they're looking for. And you can apply this to really any player. You can apply it to any of the wrong player. So I wanted to shout out Card Runner for the great question. Uh, thanks for the love and the DM. And I think hopefully this advice is valuable to everybody out there. Um, one more was from Howard S. Howard S is a premium member. <laughs> And uh, I don't think he's baseball card curmudgeon. Shout out baseball card curmudgeon in the live chat. But Howard S. is a curmudgeon. He and I have met face to face. I say that with love. He's a good dude. He emails me all the time. And he asked me about J.J. McCarthy. Reminder to all premium members, though, please ask your questions at nooffseason.com slash ask to get the best answers each week on the premium pod, The Overflow Show. But because I don't think Howard knows how to do that, I'm going to basically just answer right now for Howard, and I'm going to tell him to listen to this show. So I'm not a fan of J.J. McCarthy as a sports card investment right now. His Bowman firsts are from 2021, which was unlicensed. To me, they look gross. And this dilutes his market a bit between the non-licensed firsts and the licensed non-firsts from 2022. This is similar to Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix. So I think this is like McCarthy, Nix, and Penix kind of all fall in this pocket of like, eh, they had non-licensed firsts. They had licensed non-firsts. They don't really have the right card. Another reason why I don't love J.J. McCarthy is because he's in a QB-heavy draft class. This is definitely one of the best QB draft classes we've had. I would say it's probably going to perform more similar to 2020 when these guys get in the NFL than, than in 2021, which kind of in hindsight looks like all hype right now, except for Trevor Lawrence and, and Justin Fields. Um, so it's a QB heavy draft class. I think this dilutes the selling marker for these cards that are kind of split. So you've got, you've got a, a diluted right card. You've got a diluted selling marker because Caleb Williams and Drake may are really going to be the guys that people focus on. I think buying in the 2024 draft class after that though, here's the other, the other trouble with JJ McCarthy. So this is where I think I need to better explain myself on the sports card strategy show and at nooffseason.com. It's not that I don't like JJ McCarthy as a player. And it's not that I'm saying fade JJ McCarthy 100% 
for all time. I'm saying like when his pro, so he's in this weird, like we, we, what did we call it? We called it like a period of uncertainty, right? So there's going to be a period of uncertainty. We hit on that in, in one of the first couple episodes of the new year here at, at sports card strategy show. And that is when his pro releases come out, they're going to supersede the college releases. And then we're going to need to wait until his 2024 prism optic, et cetera, come out. Then we're going to need to wait for the market to settle in 2025. So I would say JJ McCarthy is probably marked on my calendar for some point in 2025 as a buy. I just don't know uh, what that is yet. And and by then the other good news is we'll have a, a, a decent sample size. Uh, we'll have his entire rookie season re- really as a sample size to evaluate uh, if JJ McCarthy's a buy at that point, what cards to buy and what our selling marker would be for JJ McCarthy. So I, I think that you know, if I had a crystal ball, it might tell me that JJ McCarthy would be a buy in 2025, but I don't think right now. Love it. Good feedback there. Um, let's go ahead. Do you have anything else to add before we hop into the live chat, Paul? Well, Fern says that that's Stroud, and that's true. I was going to say that. That is Stroud, but I think that, you know, I would have given you the same answer heading into, uh, Stroud's draft. Like I didn't buy Stroud. I didn't buy any of the Stroud cards heading into the Stroud draft last year. Um, in terms of whether, whether it was the non-licensed first or the licensed non-first Stroud was also very overpriced. Right. I mean, so like, this is why we take each individual scenario as a case by case scenario and not as blanket statements. So we write guidelines, strategies, and plays at sports card school where you can marry together multiple guidelines to create a strategy. But then even then strategies can be replicated with plays. But even at that point, we don't necessarily say every single player in this strategy you can make money on. We say you have to take it on a case by case basis as to whether or not you can replicate this strategy as a play. So I would, I would reverse engineer my statement and say, yes, Fern Stroud is in that ballpark, but I don't know that anyone actually made a ton of money because there was a lot of, there was a high buy-in point for CJ Stroud. Um, and you know, we didn't know there was going to be a selling marker. That was a performance-based thing with CJ Stroud. That was a performance-based thing. And we, we try to avoid those. We try to look at selling markers that are not based around performance. Good stuff there, Paul. All right, let's hop into the Q&A from our comments during the live stream. We started off the show talking a little bit about portfolio management, so let's kick off the same for the audience Q&A, starting with Luke. Uh, It says, don't you think that with the hobby potentially expanding, some of these goats are stable with a ton of upside? Luke, I don't think we were necessarily saying that goats can't be stable, but Paul, I'll let you expand on that. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I mean, I just don't play that game because I can't. So so what Luke's talking about is something is a game that I don't like to play. The game is let's make assumptions or guesses based on what could happen. So, yes, there could be a bunch of people that enter the hobby due to the growth of the hobby. And they could be interested in buying particular goat cards. But I think if you were to ask anybody who made a, t- a ton of money on the 2020 bubble, they would probably tell you that they were pretty lucky 
um, because the reality is that they had a bunch of cards that they had acquired over a long period of time as collectors. And then the market just went berserk. And they would probably tell you that they don't necessarily anticipate that happening again. And so I would say that you would be relying on lightning striking twice within a five-year period of time if you really wanted to cash in quickly on those goats. So I think that Luke, like, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying I don't want to make those assumptions. I don't play that game. So my answers are always going to be geared around the advice that I want you guys to hear from me because it's my butt on the line on this show. And so I would say that is a better fade than it is a buy on those assumptions because I've personally been burned on a lot of assumptions. I bought Giannis PSA 10s in 2021 just thinking, oh, this is Giannis. It's got to go up. Eh, wrong. No, absolutely not. So that's my take on it. I don't think it's a bad question. I don't think you're wrong, Luke. I just think th that's the reason why I'm not playing that game. Good stuff. All right. Let's stick with a little bit more portfolio management. Cleo Cards, after seeing your portfolio, Paul, says, would you consider 30 players a narrow focus? No, probably not, Cleo Cards. But that's that's a strategic... That's a strategic buy-in on 30 guys that's been over the last 18 months with, with selling markers that haven't quite hit yet. So I know that the, that the joke on this show is that I'm not patient, but I, but I think the reality is that I am patient because I'm holding, I'm holding a lot of these cards. Like I've, I've held the Shohei Otani cards for a long time. I've held the Trevor Lawrence cards. I've held the Darius Garland cards, the Drew Jones, the Joe Burrow. Like a lot of these cards I've held for close to a year. So I'm not buying. When I talk about narrowing focus, I would never buy 30 guys all within a window of time. But would I wait to a selling marker to where I might be holding 30 guys knowing that the selling markers are coming up? So like the reality is, and I think you guys can all relate to this because if you've been listening to this show for the last six months or so, you know that we've been, we've all been waiting to sell our Jackson holiday, Jackson Churio and James Wood. That's a big allocation of my portfolio. That's going to be gone in, in, you know, probably four to six weeks, maybe eight weeks at the most, I'll be out of all of those guys. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it's a simple answer. Like I would never, I would, when I talk about narrowing focus, I want to, I want to focus on probably five or less guys during any one buying window time period. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to own way more than five guys at any one, at any one time period. So I, I appreciate the question though. I think a lot of this stuff does need clarification. So I'm really glad you asked. Love it. Yeah, Paul, would you say it's like accumulation of your cell markers essentially that drives that number rather than intentionally holding a specific number? I'm at a point where, and everyone's different in their flipping journey and their hobby journey. I happen to be at a point in my flipping journey where I'm buying actively all the time when I see the selling marker and I and I see the play. I, I've I've built the guidelines, I've built the strategies, and I see the play. And I'm actively looking for more guidelines and strategies to build more plays. And so I am actively buying. So yes, it's definitely a cum a, it's a cumulation of the sell markers that haven't really come to fruition yet. 
Yep, love it. All right, sticking with your portfolio, Paul. A lot of a lot of questions here. Shane Graham, why don't you have more Shohei Otani? His cards will go up this season with numerous sell markers. Why don't you have more Otani, Paul? It's a good question. I think it's a matter of timing the market. I think I've I've haven't timed. I haven't been focused. To, well, let me let me back up. I think it's a matter of like my my guideline is I don't really buy major active major league players. I think active major league players are risky to buy because I think they're based a lot of times on performance based spikes. I think you could play you could play the same game in terms of baseball hype cycles as we say with football and basketball hype cycles and college football hype cycles etc and NBA draft hype cycles. So I think you could argue like Paul, you could play the Shohei Otani buy low, sell high game. Shohei, Shohei has been a little bit overpriced for me personally on a lot of his cards, a lot of his cards that I would rather have. His cards that are lower priced that we talk a lot about on the show, they don't fascinate me enough to have them in my portfolio, which is why I only have two. And um, just not buying active major leaguers. Um so I think I think that's probably the the short answer. And 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 Shane, um, d- don't have don't have enough money to buy everybody. I don't. So I gotta I gotta you know he's in there at least. But yeah, I think I think if you wanted to build your sports card investment portfolio more around Shohei Otani, you would have my green light. All right, let's move into some grading questions here starting with jordan hewlett who you bought an arch manning card from a culture collision should i grade my manning one of one i say yes my old school co-worker says there is no reason to grade a one of one there was some interesting debate uh from our listeners and audience members here on what to do what are your thoughts here on trying to grade a one of one is it necessary will it actually increase the value with there only being one this could be our question of the week on on instagram next week and on the sports card strategy show one one of our questions of the day um yeah, this is something that I don't know if there's really a wrong answer. I would probably lean towards in a blanket statement world like you don't need the one of one would be the card that you don't need to grade. And the argument, the debate on that side is you aren't going to necessarily increase the value, you risk decreasing the value. So I see that side of the argument or that side of the debate. However, on the other side of it, you could argue if the one of one appears to be in good enough condition to where it would gem, you could argue why wouldn't you grade it? Because at the end of the day, it still is a one of one. And so even if it gets an eight or a nine, how would you ever know that you truly devalued that card? So I would I would almost say there's no wrong answer. I don't want that to be a cop out though. So I would I would probably like I said I would probably go towards the side of you don't need to grade a one of one. You risk you could risk devaluing it when when because it is a one of one. Um, you don't you know you you don't really need to differentiate it. The reason why we grade other cards is to differentiate them and to make them lower pop count and more desirable. And you don't need to do that with the one of one. So I would lean towards that side, but I will also leave you with this, Connor. I would say that what if it's, what, what if it's like a card that is like a Panini XR or, you know, Panini black, or I don't know if you see where I'm going with this, but like just to, out of there's one of ones out of releases that nobody gives a crap about. So 
if you're if you're not gonna grade one of them, then what you're doing is picture an eBay listing of like a Trevor Lawrence Panini XR one of one. You're now relying on the buyer or the potential bidder reading your title, reading your description, and looking closely at your photos to 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 see that it is a one of one. And I would argue that on a PSA graded label or an SGC graded label, it's going to say uh, one of one on, on the label. It, it's going to say, like it, it's going to mark that it's a one of one on the label. They do that. So I would say that even in a, in a PSA eight, the label saying one of one, again, how would you know that it's going to devalue your card? I could go either way on this, man. I think I've I think I've given both sides of the debate pretty well, but I haven't looked at the live chat, so I don't know what they're saying. I think that's a good a good point. And Paul, you mentioned devaluing. What would be the case against not getting it graded and and worry of devaluing if you could just crack it out, right? Or am I in the wrong thinking there? That's a good question. I mean, I think that that people would probably say PSA or SGC or whoever you graded it with. Um, is going to have record of that. And so you could get um, very, you could, you could get some very negative feedback and you could develop a pretty negative reputation in the hobby very quickly. If as soon as somebody finds out that, oh, this one of one used to be graded a PSA eight, but now it's, it's raw and this person sold it raw. So this person, must be guilty of cracking it out as an eight. I think you could get some very, very bad backlash on a move like that. Um, it could go under the radar, but again, I think that like um, the general consensus is that um, I think while cracking out a non-serial numbered card to sell raw is probably less frowned upon i think that it is still frowned upon by a lot of people and so i would say that like cracking out a serial numbered card there's probably a lot of people out there that would try to find people cracking out serial numbered cards and then pointing the finger on them and trying to drag them down um, regardless of where you stand on sort of the moral side of cracking out raw cards to sell them i see both points either way but i think probably cracking out a one of one might be one of the more risky moves that you could ever make Love it. Good feedback there in perspective. Let's stick up with another grading question from Fern. Would you grade the auto of a PSA 10 if you know it's a 10 auto, like regrade the card while in the holder, or is it not worth it? I don't know, Fern. That's a good question. I mean, I would probably tend to if it's... So in this situation, I'm going to assume that the that the card is already a 10 because of the way that you asked the question. I think you asked it well. So the card is a PSA 10. Um, I'm, I'm probably not going to, I'm probably not going to, I'm, I'm cause I like, I think that you can probably find some sales data that says, well, here's a card. It, here's the same card. Here's a PSA 10 and here's a PSA 10, 10. And you could probably make the argument if you found that sales data of grading the auto, but I'm just kind of like, because my personal situation is like moving through really as many cards as I possibly can. What this does in my opinion, is it, it adds an it adds a variable slash element of risk into the equation that wasn't there before. If I can sell a PSA 10 with a non-auto grade, and I know the auto grade isn't necessarily going to give me that much more um, upside on it, in theory, I'm already profiting a lot on this card. And then I'm introducing a variable of putting it back in the mail again, trusting PSA 
to do the right thing, crack it out, grade it a 10, 10, send it back to me in the mail again. And I don't know when I'm going to get that card back exactly. So it's going to add an element of anxiety for me personally, and potentially a small element of risk when I already have a PSA 10 in my hands. I just don't know that it's worth the upside to get the 10 auto also. So I'm going to go ahead and say, just sell it as a regular PSA 10 non-auto grade. Moving right along, we're going to touch on some college athletes. Another question from Fern. What do you think about buying up Bowman firsts of Will Howard for raw to grade? Not a huge fan of investing into college cards, but his Bowman, uh, his first Bowmans are autos are around 20 bucks, while Drake May's up near 150. Will Howard, uh, former Kansas State guy, transferred to Ohio State, could potentially be QB1 for them in 2024. What are your thoughts on buying Will Howard here, Paul? Love it, Fern. You can't compare him to Drake May, though, because Drake May is already in the 2024 NFL draft, projected as a as a top 10 pick, possibly going as, as high as number one or number two overall. We don't know yet. Um, you can't compare him to Drake May. Will Howard's in a situation where Ryan Day has said that he has to earn the starting quarterback job at Ohio State. So, you know, you can't go from someone competing after transferring over to Ohio State, competing for a starting job and a bona fide top 10 pick in the in the NFL draft. However, I see your point. And so there's a reason why Will Howard is cheap. That's my point. The reason why Will Howard is cheap is because you are prospecting on him. He is unproven. However, I do like it a lot if you can get his raw, <clears throat> his raw Bowman Chrome first autos and grade them. There is a lot of upside there. It is one of the better concepts, guidelines, strategies, plays um, put together to to make money on raw to grade. So I really like it. You can also go just buy his SGC 1010s um, for under $75 right now and crack those out and send them to PSA. So I think there's some, there's some Will Howard plays in there somewhere. I like it. We'll dig in. We'll dig in further for sure at nooffseason.com. Let's touch on a couple more names from Gabe Davis says Dante Moore. He says, I have been grabbing Dante Moore who recently, I believe transferred over to Oregon uh, Jackson Dart, Carson Beck, DJU, Jackson Arnold, as cheap as I can find them. We'll be looking for Caden Salter when they start printing him. What are your thoughts on these kind of flyer plays among these football prospects? I mean, I think Gabe is is right on the money with this. I would say, for the sake of time, um, my answer to Fern in the last question totally applies to all of these guys. Yep, totally agree. Let's round things off with Eric B. says, as a professional trader, do not fall into the trap of getting married to cost basis. Focus on replacement costs as sometimes it's better to sell at a loss. Thoughts here, Paul? I agree. I mean, I think I know what he's talking about. This is a lot of uh, investment jargon for me, but I, but I, and I don't invest in anything outside of sports cards. So I don't know really what I'm talking about related to what Eric's talking about as him being a professional trader, but I believe I understand that what he's saying is that when you can get out of a card for a price that might put you at a loss in that vacuum, it still could be your best option to reinvest those funds elsewhere or just simply get cash out before the card or investment dips further. I think it's, is that your understanding of the question as well, Connor? Yeah, I think essentially he's just saying don't don't get obsessed with that initial price point to where you're not willing to get out at the right time just because you don't want it to be lower than the 
than your uh, upfront investment, essentially is what I'm understanding, which sounds like you're on the same page there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks to Mike Petty in the live chat. Appreciate Mike Petty jumping in. I don't totally understand because I haven't been following the live chat over the last few minutes uh, as I've been answering these questions, but appreciate Mike Petty jumping in. Definitely come back and let us know what you think of our content and oh, my shoes in the house. Oh, my shoes. Good to see shoes. So, uh, and, and, um, yeah. So Eric Bergerud says, um, say I paid $12 for a card market is now at nine or 10 sell at a loss, 10 buy back for eight or nine. That's one or $2 in your pocket. Buy. Oh, I see. So he was talking something a little bit different. That's interesting. I, yeah, that's, that's a good point, Eric. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the insight there. Appreciate that. I love it, Paul. I think that wraps up for today, unless you had any additional topics you wanted to touch on for the audience before we close things out. I just appreciate everybody. Love the live chat action today. Appreciate the live viewers, but I realize the strong, strong, strong majority of you are either watching at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey, comment below, or listening on the podcast apps on Apple and Spotify. That's where most of our audience is. Get in over to youtube.com slash Paul Hickey, subscribe to the channel, and uh, like the video, comment below, and um, appreciate everybody's support. Just really appreciate it. We've got a lot more great content coming at nooffseason.com and on the Sports Card Strategy Show. And thank you to you, Connor. You are the man. Head of content at nooffseason.com. You do a great job. Everybody loves you. Keep bringing it strong, brother. Let's do it. Everybody have a fantastic end to your week, and we will see you guys. Well, Paul, we'll see you guys on Monday. I'll see you guys next Wednesday. Let's get it. Make money flipping sports cards. Thanks so much for being here with us on the Sports Card Strategy Show. To connect with us further, please subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash paulhickey. Please also give us a follow on Instagram at Sports Card Strategy and on X at No Off Season Card. We also have a Discord that you could join at sportscardstrategy.com. Everyone, I'm Paul Hickey. For the rest of us here at nooffseason.com, have a great day. We'll see you again soon.